Jared. What's up, Bill? <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Nothing. Oh man. How you doing? Uh, pretty good. You know, this is like my oh, favorite time of the week. Dude, this is some good water. Uh, I've never seen that before. Eva Moore natural artesian water has a mm. really good flavor. What does the word um, artesian pH? mean? It means it's not like filtered tap water. So gotcha. I think. So you think? <laughs> is that what mm-hmm. the bottle says? Mm. Maybe. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> you like read it once and then you like kind of forgot that you read it and then it came into your, stuck in your head. Yeah. It's a rare aquifer of alkaline water found in the USA. Oh, perfected oh, for thousands of years with natural electrolytes. Wait, wait, wait. It's good. It tastes good. It's thirst quenching. It's founded in the USA, perfected for a thousand years. I don't know how that works, but <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't worry about it too much. I'm sure it's fine. No, dude. I mean, it tastes good. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't know if you've noticed, but some waters, it's like you drink them and it doesn't really stop your thirst. Have you noticed that? Maybe I don't drink a like, lot of bottled water. Yeah, but, yeah. So I don't really, but I know what you're talking about. Like when I would drink like Aquafina or something, I would definitely not like it as much. But I think that was more of a taste thing for me. Yeah, and you're on well water, right? Yeah, yeah. So you've got minerals in your water. Yeah, that's probably good. Gotcha. So you're you're thinking it's like because the mineral content is zero in certain bottled waters, then your body's yeah. like this is not as good as it could be. Yep. There's actually a whole documentary on this on. It's not a documentary. There's an episode on a documentary I watched about water. Mm-hmm. And they actually go to Italy and like sit down at a water restaurant that I didn't know existed. Whoa. And they like serve different types of waters to these people when they're at the restaurant. And they, it's crazy. Like when they get the water side by side, they're like, oh, wow, the taste difference. And oh, then the guy goes and explains like what they're tasting. It's <clears throat> actually pretty cool. Yeah, that does sound. Interesting. It's definitely something we take for granted, especially in, you know, the Western world is the yeah. water that we drink because, well, it's everywhere. It's not something that we really have to yep. try too hard for. Yeah, I just know like the tap water that I've been drinking at my house. That's probably not good for me. Mm, just because it's like super filtered. It's got chlorine in it. It's got mm. fluoride in it. And I can filter out the chlorine with a carbon filter, but the fluoride won't go away. Gotcha. And then there's just no minerals in it. So then you just end up being mineral deficient. Is it just like big dentistry that wants us to have fluoride? Dude, I have no idea. There's probably a lot to that. Yeah, because whenever I go to the dentist, they're like, you should do some fluoride. Fluoride's good for you. But then like other people are like, it's the devil and stuff like that. Well, like it's one thing to put it on your teeth, Mm. but it's Mm. a whole other thing to drink it and put it in your stomach. You know, that could be what they're sort of... I could see that very easily being a lie that a dentist would be like, well, yeah, duh. I would yeah. never tell you to drink this. That's why I just <laughs> put it on your teeth. Like I'm yeah. not asking you to go drink fluoride. Well, I think like they like fluoride in water. They're like, oh, it's such a small amount. Mm. It's not going to hurt you. But we have so many things this day and age that are like, <laughs> oh, it's just a small amount <laughs> that if you add them all together, it's like I'm putting a, a lot yeah. of small amounts in my body. It's probably not a good thing, right? Yeah, we'll definitely see in the next like couple generations, maybe. 
Yeah. If if that is something that turns into be something bad, because people are definitely like, oh yeah, it's bad. Like you know, like microplastics or whatever, and the birth rates are yeah. going down and all this kind of stuff. But yeah, sometimes that stuff is just not founded as the future will tell, but we don't know yet. Yeah. Yeah. I just like me personally, I would rather just put good stuff in my body. And if I know it's like, maybe, yeah, if I know it's bad for me at a large amount, I don't know why you would put a small amount, but maybe I'm totally wrong, but I would rather just drink water without fluoride in it. Just seems to make more sense. Like nobody's really sure what it does to you. Right. Over a long period of time. Yeah, like a lot maybe, of things. Maybe it would do nothing, but I think like if you do that with everything, I'm pretty sure you're going to get one that's pretty nasty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Yeah. Cool. Well, nice water story. That's awesome. Thanks, we learned Brad. a lot. Yeah, Thank good you. podcast, dude. <laughs> All right, that's a wrap. Yeah, woo. Go forth and prosper. <laughs> oh, man. Um, What are we going to talk about today? Pricing? How to price your plumbing business? Yeah, we should talk about that. It seems to be something that at least in my conversations, people either aren't thinking about or they're just beginning to think about. Yeah. Yep. Totally. Because normally you start a plumbing business and you've just been working for somebody else, right? Right. Like me, I never even worked residential plumbing. So mm, mm. to know, well, I did like residential new construction, but I never did service work. So to know how to price sure. a service company was like baffling. But even just to price the residential new construction I was doing, I had no idea. No clue. Yeah, so what did you what did you do? I did what most people do. I called around and was like I called like five different companies in town and was like, "Hey, what are you charging per what do you charge per hour?" And they were uh. like, "Oh, uh, I think I got anywhere from I think the lowest was 130." And then I think the most expensive was 155 at the time. Really? This, this was probably this was probably eight years ago when I did that. Was everybody then, pre, pretty cool with giving you their prices? Yeah, everybody was, which is Gosh, crazy. No, nobody didn't give you the prices? No, hmm. I called one company who hmm. everybody thought was ripping everybody off in the, you know, in the plumbing sphere, of course. like in the plumbing yeah, of circle. Course. And uh, they were like, oh, well, we don't do it by the hour. We do it by the job. Our customers love it. And at the time, I was like, oh, that's weird. And then huh. I said, okay, so let's say I need a boiler replaced. How much is it? She goes, well, it varies on how much of the boiler you need to replace, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I sure, said, okay, sure. just cut out the boiler and, and put a new one in as minimal as possible. And she goes, oh, anywhere from eight to 12000 And I was like, no freaking way. No way. That's insane. I thought it was absolutely insane. Huh. And I was like, okay, yeah, these people are ripping people. <laughs> you just like, I got the phone and that was your yeah. assumption right there. Yeah. Which is yeah. funny now. Cause like my company wouldn't touch that job for, yeah, it'd be, it'd be 14,000 minimum. Yeah. 16. It'd probably be more like 20 by the time we're done. Right. Yeah. yeah. But granted, this was eight years ago. Sure. Yeah. So, so it's a little, you know, prices have gone up. It's a little mm-hmm. different world we live in now. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that's what I did. And I know lots of people that have done that before or or they have worked somewhere and they're like, oh, I'm just going to charge what he was charging, right? Sure. He charged 120 an hour, 130 an hour. I'm just going to do that, which is crazy. So hmm. why is that crazy? 
Um, cause you really need to price like based on like what it costs you to be in business, right? Not just an arbitrary thing. Yeah. Before we get too far down that rabbit hole there, here okay. is what absolutely is absolutely insane. Eight years ago, I said, I called around lowest price I got was 130. Highest price I got was like 155. And I thought, oh, I'm going to be the cheapest. So I get all the work, right? Which of I got all the work, but I didn't make any money. So it didn't work out very well. <laughs> yeah. Dude, good job but, putting in the reps. I, yeah. So I started out at 120 and I stayed 124. I mean, that entire year. And then I think I went back to work for somebody else. And then I went back in business again at 140, worked an entire year. And I'm like, I can't make any money at this. Mm. And there's people to this day, eight years later, still charging $140 an hour. Do they have an hour. Do they have more than one employee? Dude, yeah. I mean, yeah, they got like two or three. But all of those guys, they're all still like the owners still work in the truck. Yeah. Running sure. around. Sure. I think I'm the only residential service business right now with more than two employees that doesn't work in the truck. Huh. In, yeah, in town. In town. Yeah. Yeah. In my area. Which is yeah. wild. Do you think that that's not even an option to plumbing business owners? Like if they don't know any better, do they just assume that they'll just be in the truck the whole time? Yeah, I think they probably want to get out of the truck, but then they don't know how mm. to. So they just end up stuck in the truck. And that's really and there, what it feels like. You feel stuck. And there's definitely I can see the attraction to being in the truck because you can be like, okay, well I'm leading from the front because yeah. I'm out there with the crew. I can also sell more hours than anybody in the world. Cause it's my company yep. and I can, and also there's probably a lot of necessity with that, where that owner's like, well, I have to sell these hours because, because yep. I don't charge enough and they're not thinking this way, but since they don't charge enough, then they know they have to go and they have to really put in the grind to fill up the gap. Yeah, because when they sell the hours, they don't have to pay themselves as much as they pay everybody else. <laughs> sure, so they look, can, it gives this like yeah. perception that they made more money. It's a strange yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's super weird. Hmm. Yeah, I feel really bad for those people, like really bad. Yeah, that's um, and I mean that's part of the reason why we sit and have these conversations because with the hopes that somebody like that would listen to this and they would yeah. be like, "Wait a second, there's what do you mean?" What do you mean I don't have to always be in this truck until I'm 50 or something yeah. like that? Like there's a way out of that idea. A way out that isn't like running away from your company or, uh, you know, stepping away from a leadership position or something. Like there's actually a cool way out. Yep. Yeah. And so like the lame part is like if you're that person and, and you haven't raised your prices yet or you haven't figured out how to price your plumbing company, I have seen personally people start plumbing companies and then work in them for twenty. <laughs> uh, yeah, is that right? <laughs> yeah. So the, I mean, the crazy part about that is that you know, you've got guys still out there to this day, eight years later, charging mm. one hundred and twenty, one hundred and thirty, one hundred and forty dollars an hour. It's wild, and that's really wild because, like surely they're like marking up differently doing because like everything's more expensive but yeah everything's more expensive yeah so 
are they also not marking up their parts in the same way or like, or are they so just... I think some of them do, but m- like in my area, most of them are marking up their parts 20%. Oh, wow. Cause they don't, they don't understand the difference between markup and profit margin. So they're marking it up 20% thinking, Oh, then I get my 20% profit margin. Right. Um, and they're not factoring <clears throat> in lost materials, wasted materials, you know, unbuild materials. Sure. Sure. And all that jazz, you know. Yeah, all the things that go into your profit, which is not just the markup of your materials. Yeah, which we'll t- actually we'll talk about that in this at some point. Okay. Like once we get the pricing nailed down, we'll go into the difference between profit margin and markup and how that okay. plays out in your business because cool. it's a it's an essential part of of your pricing for sure. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, and you know, for like the plumbing business owners who maybe are listening to this and they're like, I already got my pricing figured out. Um, I would c- encourage them to keep listening. Like even if they think they're charging more than everybody else, mm. because I talk to people all the time who think they have it figured out and they don't. How do you figure out that they don't have it figured out? They tell me how much they're charging <laughs> and then <laughs> and it might seem high to them, yeah. but I'm like, no, 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 you need to, you need to go way higher. <laughs> and that's like, yeah. Okay. And you just know that because you hear the number and you're like, yeah, you just do a, like in your head, you're like, okay, that couldn't work because that couldn't. Yeah, it's... there's no way, right? Like yeah. labor, materials, sure, yeah, vans, insurances. That stuff varies slightly throughout the United States, but for the most part, everybody is within a range. So I talk to people all over the United States, plumbing business owners who are priced right. A lot mm. of them I've helped them price right. And they're all within a pretty close range. So if you're outside of that range, if Dude, you're below it. This is retarded. Did it lock up again? Uh oh. Joelski. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. <laughs> See, it's hard. It's not easy it's to so do. <laughs> it's okay. This will be a good one. This will be a good string of things. Okay. It's okay. Should we just tell them we, <laughs> we've we been kicked out of this podcast room for like 10 million times? <laughs> no, we should keep it on the down low. I mean, they won't figure it out, especially after you said that. They'll be a... Yeah. They'll okay. never know. Yeah. Go ahead. Everything's chill. Uh, <clears throat> like you were saying, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, like... Guys are still charging, you know, the, cr- no, what was I going to say? Start over. <laughs> no, it's okay. We were talking, we were talking about that guys haven't raised their prices for eight years. And you, you, you've talked to enough people around different parts of the country that when somebody tells you their price, you're pretty good at being like, yeah, that's too low without even running it through a calculator yet. Right. Because I talked to them all over the country. Right. And I know I'm like, okay, you're, in you're below this range, you're priced too low. Like you, ha- you have to be at least a certain range. So it's pretty, it's pretty easy to tell. And honestly, dude, it's like if people only knew like what other plumbing businesses were actually charging, and that they could charge more even than what maybe they need to, and increase profitability even more. Number one, that it's not criminal, and number two, that it's totally mm. possible. Yeah. How much of that objection do you, people struggle with, like the criminality of it? Like, do people just 
Is that an yeah, objection they, that you get? Yeah, they find it to be kind of, you know, they don't want to screw over the customer. Um, they find it unfair. Um, but those are those are really weird. Those are really weird things to deal with in your own head. Mm. I mean, you, you think about there's companies like, you know, the I don't even know, I'm like Gucci or Versace sure. or whatever, right? They yeah. take like a ten dollar product and they sell it to you for a thousand dollars, right? And they probably have like a hundred dollars in marketing spend on that one product, but they're not ripping you off, right? Because you you're willing to go buy that product because of of the value that you see in that product. Yeah. So it's the hmm. same thing with your plumbing business. I mean, if it costs you three hundred dollars an hour to run your plumbing business and you can charge $500 an hour and have a 50% profit margin, or at the end of the day, maybe you're at a 35, 40% profit margin. It's not ripping people off. Um, if you're providing a service that people are willing to pay as much money as you're charging for it, then you're not ripping them off. You're just running a good business. Like the whole point of a business is to mm. be as profitable as possible. Yeah. to make money, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I would say that's a hard thing in their head because they put themselves back in the customer's, you know, spot. Like, because we, most plumbing business owners came from, you know, blue collar, you know, middle class income. Right. A lot of them yeah, like sure. on the lower end of that. And they know what it's like to have to pay, you know, a $1,000 plumbing bill or a $2,000 plumbing bill. Um, but what they forget about is there's so many customers out there that, that are 100% fine paying a $2,000 plumbing bill. They could care less. Sure. They just want really good service. They want their day back. They want their time back. They don't want to have to think about it. They don't want to have to call multiple people or call you back mm, or right. have to wait for a bill to come in the email. They just want it as seamless and as smooth and as quick and as friendly as possible. Sure. Yeah, that's they it. just want their problem. Yeah, ultimately, they just want the problem to go away. Yeah, and that's like 99.9% .9 of people. Hmm. It's, I mean, maybe not that high, but it's a lot more than you would think. Yeah, like the people sure. who don't want to pay money for their plumbing, it's not the amount of money. It's just that they don't want to pay any money. So they're going to usually go and try and fix it themselves or get yeah. their buddy to fix it mm -hmm. or whatever, right? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So, like, how do you actually figure out how much you're supposed to charge? Like, if you were going to start a plumbing company today, like we already talked about what I did, what would you do? Knowing what well, you know. Well, I would definitely grab myself a pricing calculator. I'd either try to make one on my own, which wouldn't work. Yep. So I'd go ask for one. I'd go yep. download one. Mm -hmm. And then I'd start plugging in all the values so that I could get a feel for what it costs to run my business. Mm -hmm. And then that would... My calculator set up correctly, that'll give me an hourly rate that right. will achieve my goal, my profit goals, the margins that I need. And then it'll yep. tell me what I need to charge and also tell me other cool things like how many hours I need to sell to be able to hit various tiers of profit, which yep. will be really helpful because then that can yeah. get me in the right mindset in the right direction of how much my guys are going to need to do. And then that'll also tell me if I need to be higher or lower, right? Because if my guys need to sell an, a ridiculous amount of hours to be profitable, right. okay, then something's not right. Let's up it up a little bit. Right. Yep. So 
That's what I do. Dude, you know more than like 90% of business owners. Oh, I just hang out with smart people. Congrats. (laughs) Yeah, so like in a nutshell, right? If you think about it this way, it's going to cost you so much money to run your business. So let's say you're a plumbing business. You have three guys, four trucks, and you've got a shop, and you've got a CSR, and you've got a CRM, and you've got licensing and insurance, and you spend money on gas, and you spend money on tools, and you spend money on labor. You know, there's going to be a certain cost to doing business. Mm-hmm. And what you need to do is write down all of your expenses. And it's way easier if you've been in business for a year, because mm-hmm. then you can go pull your bookkeeping data. Right. Hopefully you were keeping books. Um, <laughs> but you can go pull your bookkeeping data and you can actually see dollar for dollar, like how much did you pay in credit card fees? How much did you pay for vans? How much did you pay for vehicle insurance? It adds up. And it, most people are surprised. If they went back and added up for an entire year, um, they'd be surprised at how much it actually costs them to run their business. Sure, yeah. So yeah. once you can like run those numbers, okay, this is what it costs me to run this business for one entire year. Then you got to think, if I have three guys billing, right? Actively mm-hmm. going out and billing customers, then I have to cover all these expenses. Mm-hmm. Like those guys have to bill out enough to cover all of these expenses. So then you can break it down. How, you know, you've got three guys, they're going to work 2000 hours a year. How many hours do you have available? If you've got three guys, 6,000, 6,000 hours, right? Bam. So then, so then you know that let's say it costs you, you know, a million dollars to run a three man shop, take a million, Divide it by 6,000, right? Right. And that's how much like it costs you per hour to run your plumbing business per guy. But the other factor in there is like nobody, well, I did, but nobody, nobody else that I know <laughs> bills out eight hours a day, right? Yeah. They're sure. billing out like national average, I think is 55 or 60% billable hours, which means wow. you're paying a guy for eight hours. And he's only billing 55% of the day. Right. So you, you in fact, need to fit all of that million dollars worth of overhead. You need to bill it out in much less hours, in 55% of your available hours. So if you had three guys working 2,000 hours a year, then you need to then take that 6,000 hours, divide it by, or multiply it by 0.55, That'll give you your true billable billable hours. So you really go down to, I don't know, 1700 or something like that, right? Right. So now you need to take a million and divide it by 1700. That'll give you what it costs per billable hour. So that's what it costs you to go to a job and bill out one hour. And usually that number is anywhere between two and $400, mm-hmm. depending on where you're at in your company. Right. So then you can take that number. That's the cost. And now you know, oh, okay, I want to get make you know 30% profit on that or 20% profit on that. Mm-hmm. So then if you divide that by point, how does that work? 
I always forget this one. You know, this is where like the profit margin versus markup comes in. Like if you just multiplied that by 1.2 to get a 20% markup, it doesn't really give you 20% profit margin. It only gives you 20% markup. So mm-hmm. you would want to take that number and divide it by, like if you want a 20% profit, you would divide it by 0.8. And that would give you your number, your billable hour number, like your hourly rate that you have to charge the customer in order to stay in business and make a profit. So you would so you would have your hourly rate that you generated by taking all your guys' hours, getting to your 55% productivity rate yep. or billable hour rate, and then you'd get yep. that number and then you divide it by 0.8? Yep. That, okay. If you want gotcha. to be 20% profitable, right? Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. I would recommend shooting for 30. Okay. 30%. That allows you to discount 10% and still hit profit margins. Yeah. Yeah. Which is yeah. a good tool to have. Yes. Yep. So then, so like that way, you know, you know, two things, you know, your billable expense rate, like how much it costs you per billable hour. And then, you know, how much you need to charge for billable hour. Those are two like super powerful numbers to know. Yeah. The cost of doing business and the number that you need to keep your business growing and moving. Yeah. Yep. And then that's what you need to charge. And that's where most people, that's where most people are like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, That's the hard part. Yeah. There's no way I can charge this. Like if you go actually run those numbers, I remember the first time I ran it with very minimal expenses. I was up there and like I had to more than double what I was charging currently. And so for me coming in, feeling bad for people who have to spend money on their plumbing to go charge Mm. more for it was really hard. Like I had to have that mind shit my, or mindset shift, you know, mm-hmm. of like, okay, I have to be in business to make money. I have to be in business to continue to like build something of value for myself because I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be the guy right. that I watched, you know, sure. run a business for 20 years and end the day with nothing. Like get to, like, I didn't want, you know, I was 35 when I started back up. I didn't want to get to 55 and not have anything. Sure. So I had to make that mindset shift. It took me a while. It took me, took me a good year. It held mm-hmm. me back quite a bit. Like if you mm-hmm. can get over that in the beginning and you can just know that there's plumbing businesses all over the nation charging what they're worth and being very successful mm-hmm. at what they do and people love it, the customers love it, um, you'll be much better off. And probably like, I think where the biggest shift for me is realizing that if I don't charge this and I hire guys and I try to grow my plumbing company into something that I, I actually won't be able to afford to take care of the customer because yeah. I won't be making enough money. Yeah. Cause when push comes to shove, like you have a job go bad or a customer complains or you mess something up, if you're short on cash, right? Cause you're not charging enough. You're not going to be able to take care of that customer. And that's right. what people want. And if you can't consistently like take care of your customer and stay in business, then you're actually doing the customer a disservice. Sure. Because they won't be able to get the service that they want anymore. Cause you're not going to be able to provide it. Right. And then your employees won't have a place to work. 
you won't make any money. I mean, it's a lose, lose, lose for all three people involved for the customer, for the employee and for the business owner. Mm. It's just a loss Mm. versus if you can charge enough and make a profit, well, now you've got money building up in your bank account. Something goes wrong on a job. Yeah, it sucks, but 20 grand here, 10 grand here, no big deal because you're making good money and you can take care of your customer. Your right. customer appreciates it. Your th- then can turn around and pay your employees very well, so your employees appreciate it. And since you're making a profit, you can continue to run your business, and everybody can continue to win. Your right. employees, your customers, and you. So to do it the other way around is is dumb. It's sure. stupid. Yeah, from the yeah, I see that. It's stupid with a capital S. So I got a thought I want to run by you. Yeah. Um, so it's sort of like a, I guess it's like a devil's advocate position. Um, okay. What about those people who are on the poor end of the spectrum who can't afford expensive plumbing? Plumbing that's I actually mean, worth it. We don't even have to say expensive. We just have to say plumbing that's actually being charged out correctly for what it's worth. Like what, yeah. do, what do those people do? So I got probably two thoughts on that. Like, like first thought is, okay, like we offer financing at my plumbing company. So that's sure. always an option. Sure. Um, they can finance it, right? And then get it down to a monthly payment that they can handle to get their plumbing fixed. Sure. And then hopefully they don't have any other problems. Um, like for somebody who maybe just like was in a good spot and they had some troubles and now they're just temporarily in this bad spot, but they have to get their plumbing fixed. That seems fine and dandy, right? Okay, right. I'm gonna apply for fan- financing, and it'll get me out of this pickle, right. and get my stuff back together, and then hopefully I won't have to do this again. My, you know, second thought is like, if you cannot afford to spend two thousand bucks on your house, on your plumbing, on some maintenance, mm. then you should not buy a house, right? Like you should not be going and buying a house if you can't afford to take care of it. Right. I don't, I don't understand that. Like it's one, like if you're living to paycheck to paycheck and you just scrounged up barely enough money to buy a house, then, and you don't have any left over once you bought the house, that's just dumb. (laughs) That's stupid. (laughs) It is. I I don't understand it. Like we run into it all the time, right? Owning these, owning a plumbing business and you run into these people and they're like, I I don't have any money, but they've been doing this for, five years, 10 years. Right. And they have this $500,000 house and something breaks on it and they don't know how to fix it. And they don't have any money to hire a professional to fix Mm -hmm. it. They don't know anybody who can fix it. They're, they're stuck in a bad spot. Mm -hmm. They shouldn't have bought that sucker. Just how it is. Yeah. I I guess that's that's not everybody. Like some people do get in a bad spot. Sure. Um, but for the most part, I think people are probably buying houses before they can afford them. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Yeah, I mean, even just to not, like we run into people all the time, they don't even have the credit. Like they don't even have a credit card they can put it on. Yeah. If you don't know how to fix it yourself or know somebody who can help you out where you can like trade with them, then at least have a credit card. Right. But if your finances are so bad that you can't get a credit card, then don't go buy a house. Yeah. 
yeah, I guess maybe it's like it's sort of like a harsh reality that like as a plumbing business, your job mm-hmm. isn't to extend charity to those people who quote unquote need help. Yeah. Um, and I put that in quotes because those people put themselves in a precarious position and you could choose to help them out of the goodness of your own heart, but <clears throat> you might find quickly that that help doesn't really do anything because there's a much bigger issue at stake than they yeah. can't afford their plumbing. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, I guess it's like, there's always going to be in any business, there's always going to be people who can't afford it for whatever reason. Right. But yep. that, if we always put our, that in our heads as our business, like, okay, well, we want to help out those people. There's probably an even greater argument to have your pricing correctly. So that if you want to truly help those people, yep. then you need to be profitable as a company so that if you can have a program where, oh, I can go and plumb houses for people who actually can't pay my bill out of my own profit. And that's what I'm choosing to do. Yes. But you can only do that if you're profitable. You would never be able to do that yes. if you're cheap. Yes. That's a very good point. Um, also, like if if you are giving away plumbing for free, you might be helping your customer, but you also might be doing a disservice to your employee, right? Yeah. If you feel bad for this person, and so you do work for them for free, but then it makes it so you can't take care of your employee, what kind of boss are you? Sure. You might be doing good to go take care of that employee, but then ruin, or sorry, that person, but then ruining your employee. I would argue that's completely backwards. Right. You should take care of yourself and your employees and your business first. Then if you have money, like you said, left over and you choose to take that profit and go put it towards something good, like helping people with their plumbing, that's a different story. Yeah. And you, yeah. and like you said, you can only do that if your pricing is right. Sure. Cause you won't have any profit otherwise. And yeah. your ability to be creative and innovative with your business comes at a cost to your profit. Yep. Like it doesn't, it doesn't work any other way. You can't just be innovative at a cheap scale and hope it works out unless you're like genius level innovator, but yeah, we're not. (laughs) Or you got somebody else's money or something, right? Yeah. Something, something that isn't just normal business stuff. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Yeah. So the other part of pricing, right? So now you know how to figure out your, you know, cost per billable (laughs) hour and then you know how to figure out your, you know, hourly rate per se. The other part of pricing, well, there's actually a couple other parts. So if you find that number out, it's likely going to be higher than you think. So Mm -hmm. then when you go to somebody's house, you're not going to be able to tell them, yeah, you know, we charge $400 an hour. (laughs) They're going to freak out. They're going to be like, lawyers don't even charge that much. Yeah. No, you're going to go to a lawyer's house and they're going to be like, I don't even charge that much. Like <laughs> yeah. you guys are crazy. You're just a plumber, right? Because they mm-hmm. don't see the value in a plumber. They view it as you're just a plumber. They right. don't see all the back end expenses, the cost of doing business, the insurance, right. the risk you're taking. They don't see all that. They just see just a plumber. So mm. you, you have to start like pricing your jobs differently. You can't go in and say, "Yeah, I'm four hundred dollars an hour." It's a you know. From the time I you call, from the time I get in my truck until the time I leave your house, they'd be like, "Yeah, screw you." How long yeah. is this going to take? Ah, about yeah. an hour and a half. They'd be like, "Yeah, screw you." Yeah, yeah. No, get I'm good. Here, right? <laughs> yeah. You could tell them you're even when you tell them you're 150 bucks an hour, they still freak yeah. out. Yep. Right. So, 
the best way to get around that is just to go flat rate. And yeah. it has a couple good benefits of going flat rate is that number one, you don't have to tell them, yeah, I'm $400 an hour. Um, number two, um, you can, you can then like pre-build a price book mm. and have your pricing standard across all your employees. Mm -hmm. And then your employees can easily, especially if you put that into some sort of CRM like Service Titan, then your employees can easily go to a job and price jobs themselves mm -hmm. because now you have an electronic price book where they just push buttons and it spits out a price. Gotcha. Hmm. And so that makes it, you can scale, you can make mm -hmm. sure you're profitable on every job. You can give homeowners accurate instant quotes. So it gets rid of all of that mess. And mm, sure, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, that's because because otherwise you would have it really be plumber specific for the job, right? Like if yeah. you and me went to the same job at a different time, we would give two different quotes because ability, all the stuff yeah. that I see that you don't see or whatever. And then so yeah. she'll be like, "Oh my gosh, Jared quoted me like ten thousand for this boiler, and you come here and quote me fourteen thousand because it's going to take you this much longer." Like, yeah, whoa, what's going on here? And I guess if you just go hourly, what you charge afterwards? Like you yeah, finish you and then, yeah. So you'd yeah, usually give like an estimate. Uh, I think sure. it'll take me this much. So, you know, it might be like oh. between this much and this much. Yeah. That's super shady. Cause like, what if like suddenly I'm like, yeah, I had to go on an extra trip, forgot a thing. Like now yeah. it's on me to do the right thing and like write that off. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of wiggle room for one bad employee who kind of just does whatever to make money can go out yeah. and start doing shady stuff. Yeah. And then as the business owner, you've got guys that are really fast who don't make you any money. And then you've got <laughs> guys who are really work. slow who end up making <laughs> you more money. And sure. it's like, I would rather the slow guy, but then is that really fair for the customer? Not really. Yeah. So by yeah. standardizing it and coming up with a standard of how long something should take mm -hmm. and how much it costs, that really makes it more fair for the customer. So like yeah, it really does. The, the whole method of pricing yourself this way just makes it more fair again for everybody, more fair yeah. for the employees because the employees that can do better than what your price book is set at, they're going to go do more jobs and be more effective and more efficient, and more valuable. Mm -hmm. The ones who are slow, they're going to be less effective, less efficient, less valuable to you. So it's good for the employee the customer gets it standardized. They know how much it's going to cost. It doesn't depend on who comes to their house. Yep. And then your profit is baked into it. So you know, as a business owner, you're going to be profitable. So again, it's good for all three, right? Yep. Um, and, and you really have to start thinking of it that way or, yeah. or it'll never work. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. And then, so then the other part of that is like, you know, so now you know your hourly rate, you know you need to go like pre-build these jobs, go flat rate. Um, but then you have that material thing mixed in, right? So mm -hmm. profit margin versus markup, right? So let's say I have say I have a hundred dollar material um and I want to make 30% profit on that. Most guys will go, okay, I need to multiply that material, that hundred dollars by one point three. That means I need to charge $130 for that. Yeah. Right. So, but in reality, you're only, you're spending a hundred, 
you're billing the customer 130, you're spending a hundred dollars on the material. You're really only at like 22% or 24% profit margin. I don't know what it is, but somewhere mm -hmm. in there mm -hmm. because 30 is not 30% of 130. Hmm. Does that make sense? Nope. 30 is only like, cause you're, is only like, I don't know, 24% of 130. Cause you, you put, you build the customer 130. Right. You spent a right. hundred dollars on the material. Right. You have oh, a $30 sure. yeah. profit. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's not like Mark, you build the, yeah. Yeah. So, so when you mark stuff up, you have to account for the margin. Easy way to get around that is if I want 30% profit, I divide by 0.7. So if you take $100 divided by 0.7, it's going to spit out like $142. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I better make sure that's right. Let's do it real quick. Okay, okay. ready? Okay, I'm ready. You want to share screen? Just kidding. You don't have to share screen. Yeah, $142. Nice. So divide by the opposite of what you want, right? Yeah. Um, that'll give you your accurate profit margin because $42.85 is 30% of $130. Yes. Yeah. $142. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, there you go. Gotcha. So, huh. but in reality, like, you know, if you... If you're running a plumbing business and you've got guys running around buying parts, pulling parts out of their van, mm. do you think we bill for all those parts? Do you think they buy more than <laughs> what they need? Oh yeah, all the time. Oh yeah. Um, parts get wasted, parts get left, parts get bought that we didn't need, parts get pulled off the van that we didn't account for, all that stuff. Yep. So in reality, you want to shoot for, you know probably a 50% profit margin on your mm -hmm. materials. And that yep. will, at the end of the year, mm. put you at about a 30%, 20 to 30% actual profit margin on materials. Yeah. Yeah, to tie into sort of our P&L conversation, then that's going to be a metric that you're going to want to watch because everybody's yeah. going to have that be different because you're going to have different crews of guys doing different stuff. Or... Yep just maybe the types of jobs you do, you are really efficient with your parts or you're not efficient or something like that. So that's like yep. a good thing to keep an eye on because yep. there is meaningful things that you can input there. Like you could be like, man, we are, this is not right. And you can go just discover that homeboy is just buying three of everything because he thinks he mm -hmm. needs to. And then he leaves it at the shop and forgets that he bought it. And then it's just yeah. this good Where training. He's got a hundred of this $300 part in his van. <laughs> Yeah. yeah what are you doing he doesn't even know it yeah totally yeah, yeah. so that's a, time. it's a good metric to just uh, pay attention to yeah so in reality you just need to double your materials or more yeah just to account for that and then to maintain profit margins yeah 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 yep because nothing is ever perfect so you're always no. going to be shooting under yeah. or over yeah you always want to make room for like i call it fluff right Mm -hmm. in your business mm -hmm. like the the inefficiencies the what ifs sure you always got to account for that stuff because it's in there and you can try and control it all but the, you know you can make these elaborate systems that make sure mm -hmm. that the parts are all nat's ass and then you spent four hours out of your day trying <laughs> totally. to manage it or you have to yeah. hire somebody to come in and manage your material inventory yeah and at some point in time like some sort of scale 
that's effective. Mm. But anybody like five million and under to to spend money on that kind of stuff usually isn't effective. No, it's I would... usually just one more thing that you don't need. If you just got rid of it, you would be in the same spot. And then you have way less headache and way less management. Yeah. And those systems typically they become like anti-effective because they're arbitrary and they're a burden, especially if you have employees or trying to manage that kind of stuff. Like every employee who's done an arbitrary task knows they're doing something arbitrary. Yeah. When they go ask the boss, like, why am I doing this? The boss is like, well, it's just because like, you know, it's like this. And he's like, that's the stupidest answer I've ever heard. Like that's going to tank your culture and your morale. The funny part about that is most of your employees, most of your plumbers will be like, hey, can we stock this stuff at the shop so that we don't have to go to the parts store to get it? And me personally, I'm like, no, no, we're not stocking. We stock nothing at the shop. I am not. I am not a parts store. Yeah, we have parts stores. I don't need to be one. So, no, if I see it here, I'm going to throw it away. (laughs) I do. Like guys will leave stuff at my shop. I have thrown away thousands of dollars worth of fittings before yeah because they got left at the shop and i saw them there more than once i sat there for a couple months i chucked them in the dumpster yeah and my guys are like i bought those because we can't can't get them in (laughs) yeah yeah i'm like dude if you need them order them yeah or go find them in another parts store there's very very few items we actually just keep at the shop it has yeah. to be like super rare and we need it all the time. Yep. Which pretty much doesn't happen. If you need it yep. all the time, usually the parts stores have it. Yeah, sure. My guys will be like, but there's a pump shortage. So I bought two extra. I'm like, no, if you need a pump, we'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The we'll cross the bridge when we get there. Pump or yeah. something, right? Yeah. 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 Because that's, and that's like something that can compound on itself. Cause then suddenly, like, that guy is now telling the new guy, like, oh, make sure you always buy double. And the new guy's like, I guess I got to buy double. And then yeah. you just start to get a bunch of stuff. And the thing about your shop is it's not going to be organized like a part store. It's not going to no. have somebody to go get you a part. You're going to yeah. walk in there and be like, I need that fitting. And you're going to look around at this mess and you're going to be like, I don't know where that fitting's at. I'm just going to go to the part yeah. store. And, and then, then you're going to be like, man, used. I need to hire somebody to organize oh. my shop mess. Yeah. My new parts then, store I'm opening up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it, yeah. and it's true. At some point in time at scale, that does make sense. But for anybody that's under 5 million, I don't think that makes sense. Yeah. Me personally, no thanks. Yeah. Guys can go to the parts store, get their stuff. I'll yeah. account for it in my hourly rate. Just keeps <laughs> yeah. it so much simpler um, and easier to run your business because like the second you hire somebody else to manage your parts now you got to have somebody manage that person they can have more systems for that person now you got to run payroll for that person and it just creates a whole bunch of headache that you don't necessarily need right that somebody else already handles that you pay them for yep and you're not you're not going to get your parts any cheaper right no so yeah because you're buying them from the parts store anyway yeah buy it stock your van if you don't have it in your van, buy it as you need it. Don't leave it at the shop. Don't clutter up your shop. Don't mess up yeah. your shop. Leave it nice and clean. Very minimal. So much easier. Yeah, simplicity is a is a thing that it's so easy to, to let com- complexity like creep in. Yes, and if, we and like if complexity. Just, we do for some reason. Like humans like complexity. Yeah. 
yeah, humans yeah. like like complex things, and we like building things and making them mm-hmm. more complex. But in business, yep. it can get you into a pickle real quick. Yeah. What's funny about that is like as you grow your plumbing business, right? So you're going to get your pricing right. You're going to start charging enough for your parts, and you're not going to you're going to keep your shop super minimal, and you're going to grow, and you're going to need a manager, and then you're going to start to feel bad about how easy it is to run a plumbing business and make money that you're going to, you'll find yourself like trying to make things more complex to like make yourself feel good about. Yeah. Doing something challenging. You actually spend on things. It's kind of funny. That is kind of funny. Always looking for problems and even creating them when they don't exist. Yeah. So don't do that either. Yeah. Like be appreciative of that. Things are going good and the systems that you put in place are good systems. Like, cool. Got a good manager. I got good systems. Not going to touch it. It's not my yeah. job. No, screw that. Yeah. Forget yeah. about it. Cool. So now you know how to price a plumbing business. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks. It's super helpful and valuable. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> when, are you starting a plumbing, when are you starting a plumbing business? Oh, dude, only the time will tell. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sweet. What do? What episode is this? This is Big Ten. Big number Big 10. Big 10. All right. Yep. Okay. Whew. Well, everybody, thanks for listening to podcast episode number 10. Go work on your pricing if you haven't already. If you feel like you know your pricing already, comment down below how much your hourly rate is, and I'll let you know if it's enough. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Later. See ya.